Harden. Blair. Episode 38, rolling. Go. Here we go, everyone. It's almost 40. Can you believe that? And we've actually, you know what? Know. We've done really good at, at being, I mean, how many times have we taken weeks off? Not much. Uh, we're doing good. We're committed to this. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you, you know what? You you sat one out last week. You had a conflict. I did. And, and we had did. Uh, the wonderful Annie Olson sit in for you. Yeah, I was actually really concerned because she's great. So I, I thought, <laughs> I thought, like, oh, okay. Well, this is the beginning of the end. For yeah, me. here's your pink this slip, Carden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, Annie's You've really done great, for but mm, that's no. Don't come no. Back. She did. She did good. She was. She was a little nervous, as you can imagine. And uh, so I, I had a list of questions pre-made. Uh, we had Robert Raymond uh, Riopel in. And really interesting guy, and it was a lot of fun. But Annie did great; she did super good. She's 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 such an easy person to talk to and stuff. Oh, and I was she's got say, a she's a natural, right? charismatic. Yeah, no. Yeah. So it it was fun. Um, but so, buddy, uh, so it's been two weeks. So how's everything going in the in the great land of Helena? Yeah, it's going great. Uh, you know, storms came in. It's been fifty degrees the last three days, and uh, the smoke's out. So it's been yeah, amazing. I know this, yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I I read about the our our poor fellow Americans in California. Um, oh man. Yeah. What they, what they wouldn't give for some, for some for 50 some degree weather and oh, moisture. Yeah, I know, exactly. I know whole towns are, are, you know, have been burnt down and they're worried about more. So anyway, our, our thoughts are definitely going out for those people because that's a, a very hard situation. Certainly. Yeah. Most certainly it is. Hmm. Yeah. But, terrible. but yeah, so our, uh, our temperature's cooling right down and, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's getting more enjoyable, you know, and here's the thing about Montana is, uh, what was it? Two years ago, September with 30 inches of snow. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. <laughs> it was no, just, that was just two years ago that I think so it was like sad. September 23rd. We had 30 inches of snow. 30 inches of snow. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. I mean, there were still leaves on the tree. It was crazy. It just, it just ambushes you. You know, that's the thing about Montana. You know, the, the saying is if you don't like the weather, just wait 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So, no, you know, I was uh, reading an interesting article this week. Oh, do tell. Do yeah, tell. It's about, we, now we've had discussions about, um, uh, about magic mushrooms before. Um, oh. And we've actually discussed magic mushroom retreats. Remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, so now it's now they are becoming these magic mushroom retreats are now becoming the new luxury all inclusive trips. So, really? Uh, yeah. So res- resorts are starting to um, kind of appeal to the mind expansion industry. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. very interesting. So, so tell me, how does that does that sound appealing to you? Yes. Really? Yeah, really? Cer- certainly. And I think what people are f- people are finding is that it's one, it's all, it's great, right? The resort. I'm not talking about the magic mushrooms. I mean, they're in these like beautiful exotic locations, right? Mm-hmm. Which, sure. which is really cool. So the the resorts themselves are great places, right? And they they make it all inclusive. So it's, you're really relaxed. You're away from you know your home. It's it's definitely a vacation. Mm-hmm. And now they've started to you know offer two to five grams of psychoactive fungi and that uh that tends to help you know especially when they blend it with gourmet chocolate uh i think oh. that uh people are having great experiences yeah so you know think uh, that's an interesting thought Carden. think yeah. about this you're the staff at this resort okay and you know you really don't know how people are going to act with mushrooms so that yeah. would be kind of a trip in itself is like okay 
uh, here we go. Every person you're giving those mushrooms to, you don't know what's going to happen. Right. You know? Oh, true, true. And when true. I was in college, you know, we yeah. might have we might have dabbled in the uh, in the psychedelics a little bit. Um, right. And I never had a bad, you know, a bad trip. It was always, it was always actually a lot of fun and pretty mellow and, you know, just very controlled, um, nothing. But I had heard stories and I've actually met a few people that have had bad trips on mushrooms and it didn't sound very fun. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. Yeah. So there's, you know, you read the article and there's stuff that like there, you can, the staff are like, yeah, you know, for the most part, it's good. Um, the, there's a high percentage <laughs> of people that tend to vomit. So we have to be prepared for that, <laughs> you know, like the things like that, which, which I think are funny, but I, I think really the thing that's really fascinating to me is the economics, right? So the, the psychedelics, uh, reported, uh, uh, $3.8 billion in revenue last year. No. Okay. So, so I'm a little behind the, the curve on this. Are they legal in, in some, in some, in some states? states, yes. No, and Washington, then, I knew, I guess, or, or, no, it was Oregon. Sorry, Oregon, yes, Oregon went all well, in. Right? Oregon's all in on everything right now, right, but for right. different reasons, certainly. But yes, right. and you know, some East Coast states and a, a few states here and there, but a lot of these resorts are um, are non-continental, so they're um, outside of the U.S. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so some in Canada, um, Mexico, um, some in South America as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I've I've read um, actually just recently, and, and like you said, we had talked about this months ago, but I've read uh, fairly recently where the psychoactive um, tests with depression, PTSD, yeah. things like that is is finding even more success. So oh, certainly, yeah. I, I think this is something we're going to hear more and more about, and it does not surprise me a bit that it's finding its well its way into kind of the um, what would you consider just the wellness. Yeah, agreed. It, right? Well, I th- I think more than anything, it's driven by demand, of course, and economics. So people right. start seeing there's money to be made, and of course, there's there's benefits. I think they're seeing, and they will continue to see. And I think the opposite spectrum of the um, the kind of the the luxury magic mushroom <laughs> retreat is what you would consider the micro dosing, which is people that are taking tiny tiny amounts of psilocybin, the active um, a drug and, and magic mushrooms. And, and they're doing that on a daily basis. And they're seeing really, you know, positive effects of microdosing. Yeah, um, yeah, even as far that's as intriguing like, of LSD, the people are microdosing now and, and the therapeutic and the, the benefits they're having. So it, I, I just, hmm. it's just really interesting to me to see the kind of change of, you know, this is the devil <laughs> to, Maybe microdosing has a way to, well, to but, really but, help people out. Yeah, but but Cardin, don't you think that you know, especially in the seventies and eighties, that um, you know that that pretty much all drugs got wrapped into that anti-drug yeah, yeah. movement, and 100% so it was, agree. Yeah. you know, because I know my dad was of the mindset that marijuana was like heroin. Okay, there yeah. was no, you know, no, a drug is a drug is a drug, you know, yeah, exactly. and and I think a lot of people had that mentality, and our government apparently had that mentality. Certainly, um, they did, yeah. But but I think now that uh, they're actually, I guess you'd say they have an open mind with it, and they're re-exploring a lot of these things, and the, you know, the attributes that can be had with different, you know, like depression and like we said, yeah, PTSD certainly. and anxiety and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's phenomenal. So and and yeah, I, it'll, I it'll agree be with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think it would be interesting. I would do it. I, I you know, the, the actually the thought of going to a resort. And being in a very comfortable, secure environment, yeah, that that would be good. And that's what this, you know, the entire thing is saying, that that's exactly the kind of 
atmosphere that is being advertised and is being marketed and, and they, they hold true to it. Right. Hmm. I, I, I just think it would be interesting to not, um, to think about it, not recreationally, which is probably how both you and I thought about it in the past. And now think about sure. it. Okay. How, how, how is holistically? This, yes. How is this therapeutic now? Yeah. Or yeah. how, you know, to think about it in a completely different way, I think is interesting. I think the, the narrative of this is far from being done. It'll be interesting to see, um, what they find in the next 20 years and yeah, absolutely and things of that nature. It'll be really interesting. And you well, know, I'm yeah. a big, I'm a big dystopian guy, right? Mm-hmm. So part of me can't help but think of Soma, which is the, the drug in brave new world that is produced by the government in order to basically to inebriate everyone to the point of making them kind of not want to ever do anything that would go against the government basically. <laughs> right. So, so part of me thinks like, okay, so now everyone's, uh, you know, fast forward 40 years and everyone's waking up and microdosing magic mushrooms. And, and what does that do to society? The, the microdosing that, that that's intriguing as well, because I, yeah. I, I, you know, that I, I guess I, I, I don't know what to think of the effects that would be a microdosing of, of, uh, mushrooms. I mean, interesting. Yeah, yeah that, that would be really interesting too. I agree. Yeah. Well, so uh, you, you missed our, our visit with Robert Raymond Riopel, yeah. um, mm-hmm. really interesting guy. And um, he, he talked a lot about, we, we, you know, the, the, the gist is about kind of empowering people to make changes in their life. And yeah. um, whether it be to become more financially successful or just more successful in life. Um, and, and you and I have talked in the past about um, you know, finding that balance in life. We've, we've shared stories with each other about, you know, at d- different points in our life. And so yeah. um, you and I talked about this and we thought, you know, that's actually a great um, kind of springboard yep. to that topic with, you know, what, with the visit we had with Robert and making changes in your life. Well, it ties right in with this, this kind of mantra of finding this balance. Yeah. Um, yep. and, and, you know, you actually, you, you know, you're, you're dealing with some of that right now. Yeah, certainly. Definitely with, with, uh, just, you know, you find yourself in different life stages and, and being, you know, uh, still relatively new dad, you know, three and four year old kiddos and then, um, just changing careers and, um, and, and honestly on top of that too, being a relatively newly wet, I mean, five years in the grand scheme is not much and that's where we're at. And, uh, you know, it's just, when I started to kind of reflect on this, um, many different things came to mind. One is that, um, I, you know, this is, none of this is new, right? You can, you can look back in the oldest philosophies there are, and they talk about balance and, and life, oh, right? Sure. Right. Even Plato had a really interesting, um, kind of balance that he looked at about, um, ideal man being a balance between the, the physical, the mental and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, Benjamin Franklin's autobiography talks a lot about him trying to find balance in all these virtues and he would always fail because he would focus on one for a week and then everything else would come out of balance. You know what I mean? He would be like, this week I'm really going to try to focus on prudence and then he would do well, but then he'd realize, ah, but my temperance was terrible, you know, (laughs) that kinds of stuff. So, (laughs) so, uh, this is something that, uh, people have tried to perfect for a long time and have thought about and reflected about. And I think it's, it's really interesting to, to think about that historically, but also to think about it historically, like in our own lives. So like, even for you, Blair being in, like if you would just define your stages of life in like three big stages, like pre marriage, yeah. you know, marriage and kids, and then kind of an empty nester, like your, your, what you would have to consider your, your balance had to have changed pretty dramatically. Right. 
Well, it did. And, and I was, um, I, I was bad just on my own. Um, I, I was kind of, a well, I was a workaholic. Um, and it, it, you, you know, the funny thing about being a workaholic is while you're in the mode, it, it, you don't think it's a bad thing because it seems this honorable, you know, this honorable use of your time you're, yeah. you're working. Right. Yep. Um, it'd be one thing if, if I said, yeah, I used to play about eight hours of Xbox a day and, right, you know, right, and, yeah, right, but, right, right, right. but my, yeah. my vice was, um, you know, once, once I came to that realization in my life and I was, I was a young man in my twenties, we actually hadn't been married very long. And I had this realization that, um, nobody was gonna, you know, give me anything. I had to work for everything that I wanted, um, mm-hmm. in life. And if I really wanted to get ahead, it was going to take work. And I couldn't, I couldn't set back and wait for opportunity to fall in my lap. You know, you, I, I just really accepted the responsibility that I had to make, you know, these opportunities yeah, you know, yeah. happen. So that was, that was the justification. Um, and, you know, initially when we first got married, you know, we were, I needed to work. I was working two full-time jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was putting in about 70, 80 hours a week. Um, but Nikki was in nursing school and we had our, our firstborn son, um, and she couldn't work. So, and we were poor, you know, we're, we're yeah. just like, yeah. Yeah. like really poor. So, so I had to do it and, and it was okay. I mean, the, you know, I had no quality of life. It was get up in the morning and work, 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 and, you know, come home exhausted and, you <laughs> yeah. know, get yeah. Se- yeah. seven hours of sleep and do it again. Right. But, but there was a, but there was a point to it, right? You, you knew you were working to something better. Right. Um, and so fast forward, you know, 10, 15 years, um, I still kept that kind of drive and again, thinking, well, work is a good thing. You know, you're, you're yeah. getting ahead and I had these yep. goals. Yep. Um, but I think as a lot of people come to realize that just like what you said about Ben Franklin, you, you know, one aspect of the triangle is really strong, but you're, you're, you're forgetting about so many other things. Right. Now, do you think that there is a, there is a, um, that that realization hit you based upon like a big life moment? Like I, I know some people can turn and be like, Oh, I, this happened. And ever since then, my, my mentality has changed. Can you think of anything like that in your no, life? That you went, no, no, it, it not. I, I know what you're talking about. And I've had a couple of those instant life moment, um, changes. Um, but, but the realization was really more of, um, when, when my kids were little, um, and Nikki and I talked about it, and we, we communicated pretty openly about this kind of thing. And I grew up in a household where my dad worked a lot, and yeah. he was gone six days a week regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on the evenings he'd come home, usually it was nine or 10, watch news, maybe grab a quick bite. And, you know, I, so I saw that and lived in that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he had the same mentality. He was making a living, you know, working. Uh, Right. But but I realized that I wanted to have more involvement with my kids. I didn't want to you know I didn't want to miss out. So so I had that that kind of been there done that kind of a thing. I realized as a child growing up in that environment that I wanted to be more interactive with my kids. I wanted to spend more time with them. Yeah. Um, so that was the big catalyst for me was you know and I and I realized that. So about the time we had our three kids, I realized um, I don't want them to look back on their childhood and have the same memories that I did, which was dad was working all the time, you yeah. know? So that was the big, the big thing for me. So what I did, I didn't, and the funny thing is I didn't cut back my work hours. I rearranged them. So for gosh, a couple of years, um, 
I'd come home from my, my day job and I always had side stuff going on, you know, so, yeah. but I, I was committed. I'd come home from my day job. I would spend time with Nikki and the kids. The kids would go to bed about say eight, eight thirty. Um, I would see him off to bed. I'd say goodnight to Nikki and then I'd go back to work and I had an office and in out in my garage and stuff. And that's where, you know, that's where I spent a lot of time. But you've, you've never been a sleeper though, have you? Mm, not really. I mean, you know, no, not, not, especially not during those days. I, I can <laughs> right, sleep, right, you know, but, right, right. but I, I literally for Nikki and I have talked about this. Uh, there was years I probably averaged five, six hours of sleep, maybe average. So, you know, there was some two and three hour nights and there was some seven or eight hour nights, but, um, I just, I was excited about life. I had, I was working on, you know, that's when I started some businesses and I, I just had a lot going on and I was excited about, you know, getting ahead. And I, and I, I was consciously not wanting to trade off the time with my kids. And I'm like, well, there's only 24 hours in a day. You right. Know? Right. Um, so, so that was, that was my deal. I, I, I realized again, um, and, and something that Robert Raymond Riopel said, I'm just gonna say Robert from Ellen. Um, he said, it, it's interesting somebody coined the, 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 the phrase about, it's not what you do from nine to five that makes the difference. It's what you do from five to nine. Right. Mm. It's that extra instead of coming home and sitting on the couch for four hours or yeah. whatever, yep. you know, which yep. is a very common thing to do. Certainly. You have more hours in the day to do something productive. Yeah, and that right. was my, that was my thing is I, I wanted, you know, and I, and again, I didn't drag myself out there. I was excited, especially when I was, you know, building a business. So it, it was, um, I was probably running myself ragged, but again, you don't realize that you're just, like you said, you're in the moment and stuff. But, I was going to say, I, like in, in the moment, did you feel going back to the, the kind of the balance thing? Did you feel an imbalance? Did you, did you know that there was kind of some imbalance that was taking place? Uh, you know, no, I didn't. But, uh, looking back, I, I mean, I can look back at it now and it's clear as a bell, you know, I, yeah. I was, you know, if you were to say, gee, Blair, you know, what, what, what have you learned? Um, you know, I, I didn't take any time to really, um, absorb what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I was so focused on, you know, there, there's kind of the, um, observation people will say that time slows down or time speeds up. And I've read about that. And they say that the reason we have this perception of speed with time is all based on our attention to the moment. Oh, so when, when somebody says, uh, I was hanging on the edge of a cliff and it seemed like 20 seconds took forever, that's because they're hyper-focused on every second, right? They're, yeah. they're focused yeah. on the instant yeah. that that's happening. <laughs> Yet when somebody says, yeah. you know, I drove for an hour and I don't even remember, you know, yeah. I don't even remember getting yeah. there. That's yeah. because their mind was wandering and they weren't totally. in, the, in the moment. It's you like know? doing and, a plank, right? Every time yeah. you're doing a plank, it's like every second is like three minutes. <laughs> like, how has it only been five seconds? doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's the yeah. Well, yeah. yeah exactly. Same, same thing. So yeah. anyway, I had years like that. I had mm, years where I yeah, look back and yeah. I'm going, and, and you know, I know I was I was spending time with my kids and I was doing stuff, but mm -hmm. I it wasn't sinking in. And the other stuff, you know, my my accomplishments with work and what I was trying to do, it's like I didn't take the time to to really um, enjoy them, you know, yeah. and and so in my well, balance you know, was you know, Blair, way I, off. I think that's I, I think that you I think you enjoyed it, but I think that. I think this is kind of a classic thing. Like, I think, I think that you enjoyed it, but I think that you weren't so embedded into the moment. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say you didn't enjoy it. Of course you enjoyed being with your kids, 
But I, I think that sometimes we, we get into the mentality that we're so not in the moment that it seems right. like we were, we weren't really there. You yes. know what I mean? And that is exactly it. Um, and I, and I struggle because that's my personality type. You know, yeah. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've told you before, I'm definitely ADD, yeah. whatever that means. I, I've always embraced that as just a personality type. It's, it's to yeah. me, it's not a, it's not a defect whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but the, the biggest thing is I, I just have always been wired that way. You know, I mean, I'm not happy unless I've got multiple things going on. And so even though my wife has challenged me to, you know, <laughs> she'll say, you know, can you just simplify your life? Mm-hmm. And I've tried. I mean, I I have, and I, and I'll do all right for a while. But then it's just you know it, it's you know I am who I am, and and you can't really just um, override that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. What so you mean. so one thing I I did learn, and this was um, Nikki and I one time, we we saw a marriage counselor. And it was the first time we'd gone, and I think we, I think we only went one or two times. And she was a great lady. We were kind of, you know, we weren't really sure why we were going. We we're like, well, maybe we should go see somebody, you know, because we weren't like having terrible problems. But it's like, you know what? I, I, that's just the thing to do, you know. You go see a counselor, and we found this really nice lady, and we talked to her. And so, of course, she sits down. And she goes, "Well, tell me about yourselves, you know, as a couple." And of course, Nikki yeah. goes for a little while, and that I could just see that lady kind of listening to Nikki, and Nikki's telling her about all my jobs and all my yeah. sidelines yeah. and all yeah. the stuff I do. And the lady kind of stopped for a minute after Nikki talked, and so she says to me, "You know, you live your life like you don't expect to live very long, you know." And yeah. I'm like, "Well, I I don't think that's how I live my life." But you got to cram but, it all in there, you know. <laughs> Who knows what could happen? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that was her perception that I was trying to cram all this stuff in my mm-hmm. life at one time. Mm-hmm. And so, even even though we only went the the one or two times, you know, the the great sage advice I got from her was, "Don't you know? Don't cram it all in one time. Just break it up. It's okay to have lots of goals for your life, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just don't try to do it at the same time. See that it's a funny thing." about that is many people would say the exact opposite they would literally say like well we've all heard a million times live every day like it's the last one you got yeah right right. which is flies directly in the face of that because it's basically saying you know suck the most out of it that you possibly can (laughs) well i i guess i in her opinion i was taking it to extremes you know you were doing it for four or five well again (laughs) i had no balance i had no balance you know it's like my my balance is just you know either very lopsided you know yes um but again you know it, it just that's how I am personally wired and, and you with your, you know, with your situation or yeah. your life, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're probably much, much different, you know? And I, I don't yeah. know, you, you can tell us about how, you know, your balance and stuff. Well, I think that, I think going back, I think our stories are so different, which is funny because in my early twenties, or I should say late teens, early twenties. So my, the beginnings of my college years where you were kind of realizing, like, I got to grind for everything, right? I was, doing the exact opposite my what I was doing was okay how can I work the least amount still be able to pay off all my bills but um, then be able to have the time to this leisure at my leisure (laughs) so uh, and I did a lot of that and it was a it was a lot of imbalance on the opposite spectrum um, with you know um, I which I would say is disastrous results right Um, there was no Um, I think a big part of balance is moderation, you know, um, moderation in all things. Um, cause if anything gets too, um, 
you know, out of balance for that matter, then it, you know, it tips those scales the opposite way. And that's what I was doing definitely. So it was way more about, um, you know, partying and having a good time than it was about, um, any kind of balance at all. I had no, I, I would consider zero spiritual balance and definitely zero, um, you know, probably mental and physical balance as well. Right. Cause I wasn't, I was, I really wasn't stretching myself at all. The only thing that I think was, was very, I was hyper focusing on was the social aspect. So I, mm-hmm. I, I you know, had, had uh, what I would consider at the time, like a lot of friends and a lot of connections and a lot of stuff like that that was going on, but everything else, there was no balance. And as a result of that, and what I've come to find as I, you know, grew and matured is that, Um, I also lacked a lot of confidence and I think that I was able to, or I have been able to build a lot of confidence, um, in myself based upon the balance that I find in my life. So that was one thing I learned prior to, you know, family stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, I got confidence in being, um, my career building, doing the education thing and all of that. And, you know, I love to study and I love to read. So that was the whole kind of mental focus about everything. And then, um, found the, the physical realm and, and you and I have talked about that, um, at length, you know, and this is of course all pre-kids and pre-marriage. And then, um, you know, the spiritual aspect started going back to church again and, and reading the Bible and getting back into the, the spirituality aspect mm-hmm. of it. And they mm-hmm. all, you know, and, and when they, I, I, I can remember times when I felt that they had balance, um, and what I, what I, I think what I can remember the most of it is, is like peace, you know, um, and this is, this is pre-marriage and pre-kids still, <laughs> which is of not course. to say there's not peace uh, now, course. but it, the yeah, peace is different, right. right? It's different peace. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different peace. But you know, moments that I don't ever remember having in those kind of imbalanced times of my life would be the moments where I, you know, you, you would just be sitting in and enjoying something. So even just being able to be like, um, sitting out and enjoying like a beautiful day as kind of cliche as that sounds, but just mm-hmm. being able to sit and just be focused on like, Hey, the sun's shining. It's beautiful. You know, I've got everything else in balance. Everything else is in a right. good spot. I can just kind of right. enjoy, even if it's just 50 minutes at a time, I'm going to take this piece that's been granted to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, absolutely. those kinds of things I, I never had, um, when I was in those, those stages of being, just being sheerly out of balance. Uh, but I think that the, it's really interesting to think about too, is that, um, when I moved into, um, even work, like my first professional, um, job in teaching my life slammed out of balance really fast, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to be a good teacher. So I was, you know, it, it was just all consuming work. I did, I, right. I did very little of anything else, you know, um, even to the point where I w- didn't even have time for myself you know, or doing right, really anything right. <laughs> in the time that I had for myself, I was really trying to cram into like a Friday night or a Saturday where I was trying to regain balance by the time the weekend was over, if that makes sense. Cause then I right, dive right. right back into just, you know, the constant grind. But I think that there, and, and there's some similarities between your kind of entering into the professional world world and that imbalance. I think it comes with any new, job that you kind of take on, um, especially if something that you want to be good at, there is, a, and there is an initial shockwave of imbalance of kind of resetting the curve sure. wh- where you can be, uh, be caught up with competence and, and things like that. So, um, so that definitely happened in the transition that, you know, fast forward 10 years later and you're looking at, 
uh, two little kiddos and, and, uh, and a wife and a house and, um, and, and a career and, you know, and church. And, and I think that the interesting thing is, you know, those realms don't really hold true anymore because I, I, I feel like they do, but there, there's so many difference, right? Cause now I mm-hmm. also want to add it you know, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. You know, I want to also be great in my career. Um, I'd like to keep my physical um, realm intact, um, be able to still, you know, you know, read articles and do the mental thing and and do all of this stuff. And you look at all this stuff and the priorities that you have in place and you just go, well, I have to sleep. <laughs> so right, where right. does all this where does all this fit in, which I think um the, the first thing to really do is just to really sit down and think and prioritize because there's, there is only so many hours in the day. So what, you know, the, the first thing that I really had to do was, okay, what are my priorities? How have they shifted? Right. Right. And how are they, um, how, how are they going to now drive where I actually spend my time? Um, and that's been, that's been, I would say that's been a challenge and something I'm consistent, you know, consistently working on all the time, especially, uh, now trying to balance, you know, the balancing act of, um, having the kids as well and that whole thing. So it's been a huge shift. Well, well, yeah, you know, you, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I think a lot of people can identify with what you just said. You know, you, you just, you just took yourself from being a single 19 year old guy to a married you know, 30 something year old guy. With, you know, it's funny when you know, you're 19 and, and single, you go, man, I just don't have any time. <laughs> I just, <laughs> there's just, I, I just don't have any time. I am so busy. You know what I mean? And so, uh, not yeah, to offend just, any of you 19 or 20 let's year olds. Let's just say there, we, we waste a lot of time when we're, <laughs> yeah, when we're we younger. Do. <laughs> we don't, yeah. we don't appreciate how, no, how precious don't. time really is. No, we um, absolutely do not. We well, and, th- and that's the thing too, because, you know, listening to your talk, um, you, you're talking about, you know, as a single man, your, your pie is, you know, it doesn't have a lot of pieces. It's like, okay, no. yep. my friends, myself, um, if, you know, a girlfriend, if you got one, but yep. you know, I mean, there's, there's just, a, and then all of a sudden, you know, you add a wife and then mm-hmm. you add children and then you add work and then you mm-hmm. add friends and, you know, and that's one thing too, I can say, um, I, I, you know, I, I read one time that, that you can, you can, you can pretty much break everybody up into two types of people. There's, there's the kind of people that if they get some free time, they immediately call somebody else and make plans. Yeah. Or there's a kind that when they get free time, they immediately make plans for themselves. And I have always been a make plans for myself type person. Um, so that was one thing I've never had a strong desire to be overly social, yep. you know, um, you know, I don't, you know, I used to, you know, go watch some games with friends and stuff, but I, when it came down to really having to pick how I spent my time, um, that stuff went, you know, and, and it was okay. Cause I, it was okay. I, it was easy for me to prioritize other things over, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of socializing, yes. you know, yeah, um, for sure. And, and I think with different people, that's different. You know, some people probably thrive on that social you know, they need that time with their friends and, yeah, you yeah. know, the bro time and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I really didn't um, at all. And I, I actually considered myself not a very good friend because I didn't seek out friends and I didn't really seek out that time to spend with them much, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, and, I, and again, that's just who I am. That's just kind of how, how it was. I, I really didn't purposely do it, but I realized that was, wasn't something I really spent a lot of time doing and I was okay with it. Yeah, you see, that's so interesting to me too because I'm the exact same way now. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at me 10 years ago, it was like all that I ever did was be around somebody all the time. You know, that was it. Yeah. And and I, I think that I don't know why that transition happened or 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 when I can remember it specifically happened, but it definitely did. And I'm 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 the in the exact same mentality. I think that I always have this kind of running list of projects or things that I want to get done. So when it's like <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm mean when it's, it's like you're married, hey, you've got two extra hours. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what it is? <laughs> it's you're hey, married. I've got you, two you extra have... hours. I got all these things I got to do. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Or, or want to try to get done. But I also enjoy that. You know, I yeah. really enjoy it. I I like it. Um, I like doing the project thing and, 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 you know, I like running, running is definitely, it is a solo sport. That's something I really enjoy doing. I like these, um, these solo activities and things like that. Um, the, I think the hardest thing about, um, parenting and and trying to, you know, keep a, 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 I shouldn't say keep a marriage together, but maintaining a, a, a relationship about that is, realizing parts of yourself that you enjoy and that you like doing that you have to go, okay, maybe this is something I'll get back to in 30 years <laughs> as you right. know, or maybe this is something I'll get back to in 20 years. You know, I've always, I always used to write. I used to write a lot. I really enjoy doing that, but there's just not enough time in the day for me. So I, I've had to really learn how to be okay with saying, okay, I've got a long you know, life can be long and I'm, I've, I've got time to be able to make this a hobby again uh, later on, instead of trying to force myself right. into a situation where I'm, I'm so um, compartmentalized all the time that I'm not devoting attention where it actually needs to be devoted. And I think that I can easily know at the end of the day, when I'm laying in bed, today was an imbalanced day as opposed to today was a balanced day, just in the way that I treat, you know, my wife or my kids, you know, some that, that just, it just, it happens. I know we all have it, but you you just know. And and I think that can go directly back to, um, being in balance. There, there is some imbalance there, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, something that Robert was talking about, um, also is that balance of money, you know, and everything we're talking about, it really isn't specifically about money, um, although it could be, you know, mm-hmm. how you spend yep. your time. But, yep. but you know, he was talking in particular about, um, you know, people's, some people are just never content. They're, it's kind of insatiable about making money. And, and of course, it usually requires time and input yep. and energy to, to yep. make money. And, uh, and the money, again, kind of like myself, you, you justify it. Well, it's okay because I'm making money. Um, but, but, you know, again, there's issues with that too, because, you know, money isn't everything. And that, and that is something I've truly come to believe. I mean, not just a cliche, right. you know, oh, money's not everything. I mean, really, I, I realize that there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things so much more important than money. Um, yep. but you know, that's tough for some people. They, they just, you know, they get obsessed with it or, you know, right. that's just what they want to do. And so, um, you know, something that he had talked about and I, I've seen it in my own life and with other people that I know, um, it's easy to get carried away, you know, completely. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that, um, if we think about this culturally, I think that our American current culture is very money centric. 
It's very career centric and finance centric, right? So I think a lot of that drives um, what we consider um, achievement and success, which then drives what we consider to be the proper balance. I mean, it's here when you meet somebody, usually within the first three questions, you're asking them what they're doing for their occupation. It's interesting to think that that doesn't happen everywhere in the world. You know what I mean? That there's other places where people are much more interested in your family or, you know, what your leisure or things like that. But we don't really do that here. Um, So I think I think culturally and societally right now, there's an imbalance, too. That's way focused on finances and, and career. Well, yeah. And, you know, and. And I guess, you know, we, we see a lot of that. We're pretty much inundated with that. Um, and now social media is a whole nother thing because, um, you know, when you when you do have some peace and quiet, oops, there's the phone or the iPad yeah, yeah, right true, in your face. True. Yep, you're exactly um, right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it makes it even harder. So it, it really, it, it is something that you have to consciously focus on. I mean, you, you have to really, and I, I think that goes back to the, the main Buddhist philosophy about living in the moment, you, you have mm. to just absolutely focus on what it is you're doing at the moment in order to really separate all the, the static out, you know? Um, and, and there's no doubt it, it's gotten harder and harder, but you know, you see this kind of thing popping up more and more where people are going, especially with, you know, after COVID, because I mean, that was a, that was a really an insurmountable amount of stress on a lot of yes, people. Definitely. And you know, people were losing their shit over, you know, just the, the stress that was piled on, it was yes. one thing after another. Yep. Yep. And, you know, this whole thing about finding balance, it, you know, there's, there's other things you can call it. And, you know, just, just keeping your sanity, you know, <laughs> just, right. just yeah. trying to yeah. find your, yep. your equilibrium where you feel like you're not, you're not pulled so far out of whack. Um, and, you know, and I, and I think it's at the forefront now. And, and that's something that, that, you know, would, obviously many people are having the same discussion about how do we get our lives, you know, to where, you know, you said, you know, you, you just feel like you're in, you're kind of centrally located in your life, right? Yeah. And, and that makes it hard because things like COVID do happen, you know, family tragedies happen. It seems like yeah. every time you get centered, and you find this equilibrium, something happens. But yeah, but I guess knock you off. Yeah. But I guess that's the thing about being able to find that center, is it you're more apt to be able to find it again in in the instance of some kind of a disturbance. You yeah, know? exactly. Well, I was going to say, and you you have the ability to, for lack of a better word, be able to weather the instability. You know, right. um, when you when you have the the center, I I, I think that. Um, it's really interesting to think about the, the, the pandemic as a massive um, imbalance that was forced upon a lot of people, um, right. you know, and how people like maybe you and I, whose balance and priorities did not necessarily have a social um, aspect to it, how much less we're uh, affected than those, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, truly, yeah. you know, if people My- that find their balance and prioritize <laughs> social life and, and, and even travel or things like that, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're super effective where you and I, and you know, you see the t-shirts and the, there's stuff out there that's like, I've been social distancing for years, yeah. right? But it's, <laughs> yep. it's, you know, you know, a lot of people weren't nearly as effective as, as other based upon um, balance by any means. But I think another interesting aspect that we haven't talked about, about balance is um, the kind of the, the physical realm and specifically uh, physical health. 
and how that can kind of bring into alignment or bring into a balance a lot of the other aspects. And I think that what I would like to see, and I think there is a trend in, in medicine, is kind of moving away from from um, finding balance through pharmaceuticals and moving towards finding balances in, in the physical um, health um, and how important that is for mental yeah. health, you know. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, this is something that we talked about with Jesse Cook when, when he was on for the, the sleep uh, right. episode. Right. Yep. Um, is, you know, I, I don't think anybody would, would argue that if you can find natural ways of getting the same effect as a pharmaceutical, yeah. you know, method, it's probably better not to. The problem with exercise, and that's, I mean, that's really what you're talking about, and it doesn't yep. have to yep. be formal exercise as in yep. joining a gym. It's it's just activity and eating better. Yeah. Um, is, you know, people have struggled with it forever, and they probably will struggle with it forever. It, there's, you know, there's so many more components. And, you know, if you think about it, Cardin, um, food is something that, that gives a lot of people solace. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's true. when, when they true. are stressed, when they yep. feel like their world is out of sorts, yes. food is what makes them feel better. Right. So to disrupt that thing, you know, it is particularly hard and, and it, it is hard. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it always amazed me and it still does even today that, that food and dieting still is so relevant because you thought, you know, gosh, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, the, the diets, the, the women and not so much men at that point. It was pushed heavily towards women about dieting and stuff. And then it's just, it's just grown exponentially, you know? Um, and because it's still an issue because these yeah. new generations of people are still the same type of people, right? They go back into right. these things. They eat for, for emotional well-being, yeah. for, right. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, for yeah. all sorts of different reasons. And right. so the exercise component, even though I 100% agree with everything you're saying, it, it it seems to be um, that that's a that's a tough one. It's a it's a really it's a really hard aspect. It really is. But I think nobody, regardless of how out of balance you might be, would um, argue the benefits. Oh, absolutely you know, not. They're, they're, absolutely this, and, not. Well, even in you think about sleep, people that struggle with sleep, they found definitely definite benefits from being able to work out and how able you, how much you're able to get rest. You know. Um, the, 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 um, mental, um, aspect of food, even how you treat food and stuff when you are, you know, physically active is different. Um, mental health when you're physically active, how much that, um, changes, um, your, your ability to kind of focus or energy levels, all of sure. those things. Yep. Yep. And when you get that out of balance, it's just, well, it's just like anything else, you know, when, when the balance is not there specifically or on, it's not prioritized, then it becomes an issue. And I think that a lot of people, I mean, this is easily said, right? If you were to look at any aspects of your life and go, this is something I want to work on. This is something that's not going right or anything like that. I think what you can see is an imbalance. You can find the imbalance and find the one thing that is either taking over too much of your time and is causing something else to be imbalanced or anything. And that's hold true for finances, career, uh, mental health. I think it holds true for, for all of those aspects of life. Well, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, it is just that, the, the physical aspect, you know, even if you start with just getting more active, 
you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and, and don't put an emphasis on weight loss and don't put an emphasis on getting a six pack. Just say, just be more active. You know, yeah. you're right. That, you know, the, the funny thing is, I, I don't know that anybody would ever say they feel worse being in shape than out of shape. Right. right? True. Yeah. Um, True. But yet, as we know, statistically, more people yeah. are out of shape than in shape. Um, right. However, however, that's not to say all the people that are out of shape are unhappy or unbalanced. True. You know what I mean? Saying? True. And, and so, here's, you know, it's not to say that those people that are in shape or in balance. There's a lot yeah, of abs- people well, that, I, that yeah. choose way too far the other end of the spectrum yes. and have gone yep. way out of balance and prioritize physical health over everything. Yeah. To the point, and we've talked about this before where it becomes an obsession, Yep, you know, exactly and, right. and that's not healthy. That's no, not, it's you not. know, that's, that's not healthy at all. So I, I wanted to ask you, we, we had talked, we kind of moved through, kind of your life periods. And I think we had, we had kind of stopped around the kids who were young, but now in, in a new phase that you kind of find yourself where I think a lot of people find themselves in where they're looking to, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, they're, they're kind of forced to reprioritize and re life um, <laughs> balance is kind of the empty yeah. nester stage. So what was that like when, um, <laughs> you know, you kind of find yourself without the kind of not, you know, the chaos and things like yeah, that. And you find yeah. a lot of time back to yourself. Um, how was that with uh, balance seeking? Well, I, I saw it coming a long time ago and I was, I was anxious because I knew time is, is precious and you only have so much time. But, um, you know, again, with the kids, you know, I wanted to prioritize um, the, them and their time. So with my kids and their activities, you know, say our, our youngest um, played basketball. And so, of course, you know, we're at every game. We traveled to all the games and stuff. And then we was in, and now he's in college playing. We're, we're, we're driving to the games. You know, you're prioritizing those moments because you know they're not going to last forever and they yeah. won't ever mm-hmm. happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but with the empty nest thing, I was excited. You know, I loved raising my kids and it was great. But you know, 27 years of raising kids, you're going, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm ready for a little me time. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, yeah. so, so honestly, Carden, I just, I saw it and I knew it was coming down where I would have a lot of time just to focus on the things that I wanted to do. Um, yeah. So, so I did not shed a tear, you know, when, when our kids were out of the house, when <laughs> right. we packed off yeah, Sarah yeah. for college, yeah. you know, it wasn't like good riddance, but it was like, no, I'm ready for a new chapter. And I, yes. I was actually excited about it. Right. Did you have any self-reflection of, okay, now how am I going to spend my time? Or was it just like rolled right into No, it? no, I, I, no. Cause I, cause I'm busy as it is. Yeah. Um, right. You right, know, right. so, yeah, but, but yeah. there was, there was definitely some, you know, I was sad, uh, you know, when you when you get used to something, um, especially something you like, uh, having somebody around, you know, hearing them, even if you're not interacting with them, just knowing they're there and hearing them in the yeah. house and things like that, yeah. and then you go in the house and it's quiet, you know, and and so there there is definitely some introspection, and you go, okay, it, it will never be like that again, you know. That was our yeah. last child. There right. will there will never be the house will never be buzzing. Although now with three grandkids. <laughs> Right. It's it's pretty buzzing. Buzz it's pretty right buzzing. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's like right back. So twenty seven years ago, but but no. So and I and I don't feel guilty about that at all. I I mean, like I said, I I have no remorse and no guilt about not spending time with my kids. I I I feel like I was there. I can look back and say, yep, you know that that was a great time in my life, and I can look forward to the future and say this is going to be awesome too. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at the other side of that too and and thinking about, you know, your youngest Sarah going off to college for the first time and thinking if he's, you know, in his dorm room going, yeah, you know, it'll never be like that again. Or, (laughs) you know, I can't remember ever thinking that, but you're going at such a fast pace and things are, there's so much is happening at that time. There's not much time for that kind of self-reflection. But I think it's, I, I, I think it's interesting me now looking at my kids that are young and thinking about myself as a kid and going, you know, and I've even said this to the the kids and not even thinking about it, like, you know, and of course they're three and four, so they don't care, but, you know, thinking like, Hey, I know you guys are fighting now, but you'll get to a point in your, your life where you live <laughs> thousands of miles away from your brothers and you'd give anything for a weekend with them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. And, and that's, it's stuff like that, that you don't even, you don't even think about or, um, <laughs> that's, probably a, that's probably a tough sell for four and five. Year old <laughs> yeah. Age. It's a re- yeah. No, they don't, but, they but don't you're right. It. You're but right. But you know what I mean? Like those, yeah. those kinds of things. And even, you know, and so, um, the family balance of, of even being in the same house and doing all that is such, is such an interesting, um, balance that needs to be done. And then you, you think that when you're in there, it's like, Oh, this is way overbalanced. My family's around me too much. <laughs> and then fast forward 10 years and you're like, man, if I could just hang out with my parents today or something like that for some of us, you know, a yeah. lot of people maintain close, but you know, especially where we are now where distance is easily overcomable. I, I feel like more people are, are spreading away from families and stuff like that. Well, and, and, you know, and you, you keep talking about balance and, and in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to think if I, if I really thought of it as balance so much and I, I, I don't really think I did. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I, I just, the thing that really clicked for me, Cardin was the time thing that, that I don't have unlimited time that the time really is precious. And, you know, as a matter of fact, I I haven't gotten the tattoo yet, but um, I have a tattoo that I drew years ago and I want to get it on. And it says memento mori, which is remember death. And it's, it's a, it it sounds really morbid and people go, God, that's kind of a dark, but it's not. It, it, memento mori was a, a Latin expression that, that came up in the, I think the 15th and 16th century when, death was everywhere. You know, the, the black plague, people died all the time. And the saying was, it was actually greeting. You didn't say hello. You said memento mori, right? It was a a greeting because you wanted people don't focus on, you know, the, the, the fact that you, well, actually remember the fact that life is fleeting, right? It's not here all the time. So appreciate it and enjoy it while you have it. Yes. And, and so, you know, instead of getting some, you know, carpe diem or something like that, I wanted something that was a reminder to me every time I read it and every time I saw it, that that is, you know, that is my mantra. And, and that to me, so, you know, even though I agree with everything we've said about balance, but to me, it was the realization of how precious my time is. Yeah. And that, that made me really you know, same thing as balance your life but it made me kind of focus on where i spend my time with who yes. i spend that time yeah. yep. and yep. the fact that i try to appreciate that time you know yeah yep. be, because i was a terrible uh, offender at um you know just i was i was never in the moment i was always you know thinking 10 steps ahead yeah um and like i said i i there's literally years of my life that are a blur and that's yeah. why yeah. And it's sad because I'll never get that back. And for a person that claims to really appreciate, 
you know, the, the, the preciousness of time, that's mm-hmm. kind of sad for me to say that. But, but all I can say is that, um, I've changed and mm-hmm. now it's, it, you know, this realization has gone on. And, and so from that point forward, when I had that realization, you know, I try to, I try to live that, that, that life differently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And I would say that I had a memento mori moment as well. Um, where that's kind of, that hit me and I, it was, you know, grinding away at my first teaching job. And when you go, <laughs> and this is a lot of this is pride, but this is, you know, realization that, okay, you know, I put in four years, of, you know, blood and sweat into this place and you finally decide, you know, to not work there anymore. And you think the, the, the walls are going to crumble and the realization that you're easily and quickly replaceable, um, makes you go, okay, okay. You know, well, maybe yeah. all those extra yeah. hours. And I think, it, I think it's great what I did. And I enjoyed the time that I put in there. And I think I helped a lot of kids, but at the, the end of the day too, is that you, you are, you are replaceable, especially when it comes to your career. And that's yeah. the, the nature of just life in general is that it continues to kind of stomp on whether or not you've put in 16 hours a day or you put in eight hours a day. Absolutely. And, and that was part of my realization when I, when I was a young man where I said, um, nobody's going to do it for me. Um, yeah. I have to do it myself. And part of that was, and I realized nobody really cares. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, yeah. yep. and, and you know, that's not a hundred percent true, but, right. but nobody cares about my life. Like I care about my life. You know, right. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, you know, those, and, and I guess those are just those realizations we all have hopefully throughout life and, and, you know, hope, you know, the, the biggest thing is, and, and I'm thankful for the fact I had the, those realizations before it was too late before I, you know, I wasn't looking back as a 60 year old going, man, I wish I, wish I, I would have done this yeah, when I was yeah. 25, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Be, because you know, there, there's an old saying that says the, the bitter, uh, what is it? The taste of regret is, is a bitter taste that never leaves or something, something like yeah. that. The taste yeah. of regret is the bitter taste that never leaves. But, yeah. and, and I, I didn't want that. You know, yeah. I didn't want to look back and go, God, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids or I wish right. I, you yes. know, um, exactly. and, and I think we all have, I guess we could all kind of come up with our own little Certainly. life's regrets list. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. But, but really, um, I, I guess, you know, you, you just, again, if you, if you live in the moment, if you really try to focus on, you know, mm-hmm. whether you want to call it finding that balance or just appreciating that your time is limited, you know, and, and something else uh, I was thinking when you were talking about the, the teaching part of it is, and I've read this in several places about don't be such a giver, you know, because, you know, and it sounds like, well, you know, we want to be generous. Yeah, you do. But there's, there's a world full of takers, Right. Yeah, and yeah. people will always take and pretty soon you're give, 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 given to others. And you, 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 you can't say yes all the time. You've got to learn to say no. And that is very true. And that's a balance. Um, I mean, that's, that's absolutely 100% a balancing because you, you know, you, you say yes so much, you find yourself to where you, you're completely out of balance or out of touch with who you are and your priorities because you're living on somebody else's priorities, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, there's, there's people that will think nothing of taking your time, you know, yeah, and, and again, go, going back to this thing is, Hey, time isn't, time isn't free. You know, it, it, no. you may think it is, but it's not, it, there's a cost. No. So, um, yeah. but, uh, but no, I, I think that's, I, that's all good, um, thought provoking stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, um, in addition to that, I've got a great, 
monkey moment thought provoker for you. Oh. That has nothing to do with what we've just discussed, <laughs> which is the best. I love those. I so love So I'm going to try to introduce it because it's been a long time. Oh, and actually, I think the last monkeys that I've done have been really terrible. But I, I, I got to tell you. I, yeah. I, I got to tell you. Um, when we had Robert on last week, and I yeah. don't know if he listened to a podcast and knew it was coming, but I'm telling you, he nailed that monkey. God, okay, well, so, now so you there's some pressure here. for me, okay? Because Annie and I were both absolutely amazed at Robert's monkey. It was okay. very authentic. <sighs> okay, I'm just gonna have to go all out. No pressure. No pressure. Oh, okay, I'm a monkey. I'm a monkey. <laughs> Oh, did I did I get it? <laughs> I get yeah. That's yes. He's speechless. <laughs> I've speechless. I've done the impossible. I've rendered Blair speechless. <laughs> yes, thank you, everyone. Oh, uh, that was yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah good, you like that good, one, huh? <laughs> good monkey, Garden. Good monkey. Yeah, see, yeah. wonderful. That My last ones wonderful. I've done were terrible, but that I think uh, I get high marks for that one. Okay, I, monkey I, moment I, question. You ready? Okay, and it relates I'm to ready. monkeys, kind okay. of. Okay. Oh. All right. So, if you were to be any animal besides a human, what animal would you be and why? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, have you thought of this already? You know what? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of torn, and I'll tell you why. Because... I'm I'm thinking about um, the attributes that we don't have. So it's easy to jump into a bird because being able to fly around yeah, would be yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like a peregrine falcon, right? They can go like 150 miles an hour on a drop would be incredible. Uh, I think that would be awesome, being a bird. Yeah, be really cool. yeah, it would. It would. But, but you know, um, it, and that was my first thought. But, you know, yeah. and I don't know why, but you know what <laughs> else popped in my head was a dolphin. Oh, see, I, that's the, the two spectrums I was thinking about, swimming and flying. Well, think of it. Isn't swimming kind of like flying? Yeah, I mean, I guess. you know, in that, well, think about it. You're, you know, you can swim above mountains in the ocean. You can, you can be okay. elevation okay. wise, yeah, thousands of feet yeah. above. Yeah. Well, that's one reason I love scuba diving is you can yeah. swim over a cliff and look down and it, it, it is visually like you're flying. Of course, you've okay. got water suspending right. you. Right. Okay. Um, okay. But but I think yeah you know I I think uh, I I wouldn't I don't think I want to be a shark. Um, no. I think no. a dolphin. I, I think a dolphin. They're very smart. Um, yeah. I don't know. You know I know they have some some uh, um, predators, but I I think they can do pretty well. So I'm gonna yeah, I say think they do really well. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with dolphin. I'll go okay. with dolphin. Wow. I was not. I was completely thrown off by you saying <laughs> dolphin. I have to admit that is not at all what I was gonna guess. Uh, do you uh, think grizzly, grizzly bear or something like that? Because I don't know. I guess I don't um, really know when I really think about it. Like a little mouse or something. Uh, <laughs> a little meek little mouse. Uh, Jack, I don't, gosh, Jack Russell what, Terrier. <laughs> let's see. What would I be? I don't, I, yeah. I, don't, I think I would be a bird, like an owl. Like a wise old owl that can fly around. I, you know, I've got this owl. weird thing about owls. There was a Zelda game that I played a lot. I know we talked about this in the video game episode. There is an owl that followed you around and gave you sage advice. I always so I always think that that's what owls do. And actually, you know what the weird thing is? We had a really weird uh, thing show up. We at our wedding, we were taking pictures. There was this uh, horned owl that was in the trees. We got a bunch of pictures of it, like in the middle of the day. 
So weird. Really? Yeah, showed up at our wedding while we were taking pictures. That is Isn't pretty that cool. Awesome? Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. But Carden, anyways, Carden, yes, are, are you the kind of... Let me ask you a question because you, you said okay. something that sparked a, a question of my own. Are you the kind of person when something favorably happens to you in your life, do you chalk it up to a spiritual happening? Do you chalk it up to circumstance and luck? Do you, do you chalk it up to karma or do you not you, chalk it up to anything? What do you mean? Like an owl like that or something? Well, maybe an owl showing up or you find a hundred dollar bill on the ground or something, something, you know, something good happens in your life. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Do, no, do I you, definitely, well, you know, no, I definitely, you know, think it's, it's God doing that for sure. Really? I can, this is so weird that I can remember I was at, uh, this is exactly the kinds of stuff you're maybe what you're talking about, but I don't know. But this is I, the God moments that people talk about. This is one of them. I was having a really tough time in college one time in Bozeman. And I was away from, you know, all my family and everything that I knew. And I lived on Beale Street, B-E-A-L-L. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I lived on 18-something Beale Street. And was just having a tough time. And was in my car and like, man, what am I doing here? Like all these kinds of things, right? And, and I, I'll never forget this, even though it sounds so trivial at this time. I remember looking up at that sign, that Beale sign, and for the first time reading it like be all. And it was just like a, a revelation. This just really? smacked me. Yeah. And, you know, I instantly just had this, this um, physical feeling. And I knew that that was, that was a God moment. And, that, and I just, you know, was like, yeah, okay okay, I felt peace and calm and, and, and kind of had a, had a direction, um, again. Really? And, well, that's yeah. nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. See, so see, yeah. I, so that being said, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I consider it spiritual and I, you know, praise God in those moments for sure. Yeah. And see, see, I, I'm not like that. I, I because hear, hear me out because for every yin, there is a yang, right? Yeah. Right. So if we praise God in the good moments, how do we deal, you know, do, do we, do we uh, assume that God is punishing us in the bad moments? No, I don't think so. But I don't think, uh, <laughs> of course but not. I think, <laughs> I th well, I think that what we've just opened up, I have to tell you, I think what we've just opened up is a time for another podcast that has to deal with, oh, we, sure. we don't have enough time, but uh, yeah. this well, is I a big I just think and it's actually funny. while we were doing the remodel, we talked about this a ton. Yeah. This was like, I, I just think it's funny when, when one team scores a touchdown, it's, it's, it's holy intervention, but they don't really think about the other team that just got scored on, you know, they're, they're all getting punished for something apparently. So I, I'm not a fatalist at all. So yeah, it's, but it, it's so, funny people's perspective, like, Oh, there's an owl. That's a sign or it's an owl. You know, I mean, it's an owl. They live around here and they, I remember somebody saw um, something like a bluebird. They go, you know, bluebirds don't live here. And I'm like, well, they do. They're it's not <laughs> extremely common, but they, they are here. It's not like the, it's not like you saw a bluebird in the Antarctic or something, you know, I saw a bluebird. It's a sign. Yeah. Uh, it's a bluebird. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. consider yourself, uh, instead of just going, you know what? I was lucky. I got to see a cool bluebird. There, there, people are like, oh, here, there's gotta be a, there's gotta be more to it than that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I don't think so. Well, okay. I, I, I will admit that I don't do that, right? Everything <laughs> for me is not a sign. And also, I've never prayed for my team to score a touchdown in any sport. So, oh, I, I, don't, hey, man. I don't believe that God is true. Hey, man, I've like, heard on, some Jets. Hey, I've heard some crazy prayers no, man, before. I know. Games, trust me. I know. So I know. I'm like, I, really? I you, you want God to smite the other team? I'm like, I don't. I don't think, yeah, yeah I don't see, think that's, that's for a Christian. Uh, I, I like, I don't know actually. how much. Uh, I, I don't know how much that Bible, that prayer is coming out of the Bible. Let me just put it that way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, well, if he was a real God, he'd hate the Yankees, like we all do. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good stuff. Well, buddy, it was good. It was good chatting with you. We haven't had a. We haven't had just a, a Cardin and Blair chat for a while. So yeah, it's been a long time. Um, it it has. Great. It has. And that was a that was a good touchy feely kind of conversation. It was. It was nice. I yeah, it was it. great. It was good. It was good. And you know what? This type of self-reflection is good for everybody. I think it's great it to is. have to sit down and, and think about think about all this stuff. It just puts you in a different mindset. It is. It is. And I and I, I think that everybody would benefit from just yep. you know, just a like you said, a, a quick assessment yep. of your life and, and your balance and that kind of stuff. So no, it's totally. it's good. Good food for thought, buddy. Yep. Um Okay, well episode thirty eight in the books and in looking books. forward to episode thirty nine. Episode 39 coming up. Here we go. All right, man. Well, listen, we got some good episodes coming up. So uh, uh, I look forward to that. And from Shoto. And from Helena, Blair, good night.